Hello, everybody, and welcome to the special Labor Day edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, writer of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net. You can also catch us on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. Go to the station page at ksw.com, or you can listen to our simulcast on the site. We appear in eight newspapers, Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, keyword skewed. And, of course, we have our Skewed and Reviewed magazine. We're getting ready to work on the issue that is coming out in September, so you'll be seeing that uh, at the end of the month. And, of course, we have our syndication network. A lot of places carry us, and we cover movies, games, television, pop culture, and all things entertainment, travel, theme parks, conventions, you name it. I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we're going to do a quicker-than-usual show simply because Labor Day weekend, I know you folks have a lot of stuff to get out and do, and of course, a um, lot of stuff kind of in flux, not as much happening right now because of the holiday weekend and so on. But let me start off by going through a few things. Uh, first off, there is a brand new headset out by um, Epo Sennheiser. It's the GSP-601 gaming headset. Uh, it comes in various colors. The one that I'm looking at is a white uh, headset, and it is a wired headset. But the great thing about it is it uh, is compatible with PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Mac. So if you want a very solid, durable headset, it's got a very stylish look to it, and uh, the audio quality is fantastic on it. You definitely want to check that out. It's available about uh, to in the $200 range. I have seen them in the $175 range, so you definitely do want to check that out um, if you want one that's going to work with uh, your various systems and, of course, be a reliable piece of hardware for you for many years to come. Other things of note are the video game releases. We have various reviews in process for these, but NBA 2K21 has been released, and it's available on multi-formats, everything from the Stadia to the consoles. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 is out. We have somebody who's diligently working away on his review right now for this. He's been really excited about that. And once his schedule clears up, Joseph will be joining us on a more reoccurring basis again for the show. And uh, Dungeons & Dragons fan, if you are a fan of that, they have some very interesting new things out. Now, this is part of the Dungeons & Dragons Icewind Dale uh, collection. And what they have is a new booklet called Rime of the Frost Maiden. And it is available in a... It will be out on September 15th. It is available in a standard set. There is also a hardcore uh, hardcover, obviously, like there are alternate hardcover for collectors. There will be a uh, themed set of dice coming out for them at the end of the month. So fans of Dungeons & Dragons are going to want to check that out and get the latest um, rule books, questing, and uh, updates, which is always fun because uh, people are looking into new avenues to explore and going into a winter setting, again, is always very popular. I remember when I used to play back in the day, the winter settings were always great fun. Um, the other thing out, Marvel Marvel's Avengers is out. The Square Enix game, Crystal Dynamics, I'm powering through it. 
on PC right now, and I'm about getting close to the halfway point in the game, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit, and uh, looking forward to seeing how some of the other people uh, that are reviewing it, we have someone covering it on Stadia right now, and I'm curious what they think. I'm also curious to see down the road what new characters become available, um, expansion, that sort of thing. There's a very uh, decent-sized um, storyline, various missions. You can have people drop in and play multiplayer or have AI components. There are side quests that you can play uh, down the road. And, of course, once you finish it, you can go through a lot of it in a more multiplayer uh, setting. So it is a lot more fun to play with uh, actual people than AI, I can tell you that, and we have some video up for that. So, guys, uh, let's take a look here at the uh, box office this weekend. And as cinemas are returning in various parts of the country and, of course, around the world, we're seeing more and more theatrical um, releases. Now, this weekend saw the uh, release of Tenant, and it did 20 million point two estimated at the United States box office. So worldwide, this gives it a take of $146 million. And coming in behind that was The New Mutants, which has, um, to say struggled, it's done about 11 million and change at the US and is coming up on 20 million worldwide. So Michael, let's start with you. What is your take on this, please? Well, I'm honestly, I think, uh, for Tenant in particular, that was one of the tentpole um, summer blockbusters that we were kind of expecting to see kind of lead this charge of people going to see the, you know, see movies in the theater again. And I think for, you know, a 20 million U.S., considering that still there's a lot of places where theaters are are barely open or are in the process of opening, um, I think that from, considering the situation that's going on right now, I think that's a pretty strong um, amount for the weekend weekend again for folks that are going to see movies um, obviously the world, worldwide numbers are are fairly good even for you know I, I understand it wanted to make a lot more money than that um, in a non-pandemic scenario but I think considering the situation considering that a lot of theaters literally just opened this weekend or last weekend um, and yes it's a Labor Day yes we might expect not we always expect much bigger numbers from a Labor Day um, pre-pandemic but I think this is a good indicator of what these larger box office numbers can expect. Um, New Mutants, uh, which hasn't been getting great reviews um, from reviewers, still at $10 million, um, given the situation, I think that's a pretty solid uh, you know, standing for a movie like that. So it, I think it does show that there are is still a willingness and an interest in people going to the theater, uh, masking up and you know taking some of the new um, restrictions that go along with that uh, depending on the theater that might mean no refills of drinks that might mean popcorn is um, not being served up it might mean other um, things let's not forget that a lot of these theaters are forced to limit capacity as well so instead of filling the theater you might see a 20 percent or a 40 percent type capacity with social distancing involved so considering all those things are in play i think they did fairly well i mean if you take 20 million dollars at a 20% occupancy from a theater perspective, if you were to bulk that up to 100% occupancy, you know, you could almost say that it would have done 50, 60% higher uh, or, or more given a less um, stringent policy and pre-pandemic. So I think 
again, overall, uh, I think it's done fairly well. I'm, I'm impressed and, and thankful, honestly, for a lot of these theater um, owners that they're getting the opportunity to get some folks back in the in the theater. Uh, I think things are going to be a little bit. It's going to be difficult to judge how the theater impacts the virus with Labor Day and with people doing partying and and barbecuing. I think we're going to see some potential numbers um, increase, but I don't know how we're going to relate that to whether theaters had any impact on that at all. So I think right now it's still too early to say. Uh, you know, I think they're going to do a lot of they're going to do a lot of things to make it a safer experience. I think that generally speaking, the theaters are being very responsible in what they're doing. So yeah, it's, it's good to see, um, you know, the people going there, and we'll have to see how that continues in the next month or so as as things gradually, hopefully, start to open up more, and we get to see more people and more movie releases coming out. And Justin, your take, please. Uh, yeah, so uh, I definitely think Michael uh, hit everything on the head really, really well and summarized everything that uh, that I was thinking about it. It's hard to say um, if this is a success or not. I think all things considered, uh, I think it is, you know, because I, I think that uh, it's sort of a victory for just movies in general that a movie was able to be released in theaters and get really anything. I mean, something is better than nothing, right? And uh, obviously, like, if in normal circumstances, pre-COVID, um, Tenet, if it did, the, the you know, $20 million at the box office, that would for sure be a disappointment. But, um, you know, I think everybody sort of understands, and hopefully the studios also understand, uh, and I'm sure they do, that uh, um, all things considered, this is uh, probably a win. It's hard to say, just because there isn't really anything to compare it against. Um, you know, if, if a number of blockbuster movies start to release... Um, and we get, you know, some numbers to compare against, then we'll kind of know what a new normal looks like, uh, with these lockdown procedures with, uh, with theaters. But, you know, at, at the very least, I, I think it is a victory just to, uh, to have a successful release. And as long as it's not tied to some major outbreak or anything, um, I think that'll be a win for the industry. Um, not just for tenant, uh, by itself, but just for the industry at large, I think it will, it will incentivize a lot of, um, uh, theaters to also kind of um, or it will at least show them that this can be done in a safe manner or will show people that this can be done in a safe manner. Uh, so I'm really crossing my fingers and hoping that, uh, you know, things go well and that um, there isn't like a lot of, um, you know, contact tracing that trace back to theaters. Uh, like Michael said, you know, I think he's absolutely right that uh, um, I think the theaters are handling this with, with a lot of um, with thoughtfulness. You know, I think they're approaching this as best they can and as safely as they can. Um, you know, and I was even considering, I, I re do really want to go see Tenet. Uh, and I was intending to go this weekend. I, I did not, but you know, I'm kind of weighing that, you know, I think everybody is, uh, everybody who likes going to the theaters, I think has to be asking themselves, um, you know, the same question I was asking myself this weekend. Do I, do I want to go to the theaters? Do I think it's, you know, uh, do I think the numbers are low enough yet? Do I think it's safe or do you want to wait a little bit? Um, you know, and I, I'm making that, you know, that same debate, um, that I think a lot of people probably are, but, um, you know, as, as the weeks go on, you know, we might see you know, optimistically, we might see, um, tenant, uh, have, you know, decently strong weekends going forward. You know, usually in normal circumstances, the first weekend is always the best and then it starts to tra trail off. Uh, but, you know, hopefully if, uh, 
things go well and there aren't a lot of uh, major outbreaks, you know, as a result of Labor Day weekend, um, you know, it we might we might see uh, tenant do okay for the next several weeks. Um, and, you know, maybe hold like or probably not uh, at the opening weekend levels, but probably uh, you know I think it would be optimistic to say like if they got pretty close to it for the next several weeks that would be a pretty big victory for them yeah i think the you you hit a very important uh topic on the head how are the legs on this movie going to be um we also played that game of well do we want to go do we not want to go and then you had the a lot of people saying well i want to wait a couple weeks to see how things go are things going to be okay in the theater or are we going to see outbreaks happening um, I've heard people say, well, you know, the audio is a little muddled on it, um, so perhaps I want to wait and watch it where I can have the captions on, uh, that sort of thing. We had kicked around the idea of seeing it at a drive-in, and then, of course, you know, the audio thing was brought up, and I thought, yeah, maybe this isn't the idea. So I'm kind of playing that game of, well, it's still very warm here in Arizona Maybe we want to wait till it's cooler, but then there's a part of me saying, you know, if you were to pair Tenet and the New Mutants as a double feature, which probably will happen sometime in the next couple of weeks, then maybe we've got something. I mean, I certainly wouldn't have a problem taking our car going out and doing that. Uh, but you hit very clearly on how is this thing going to go? How are people who are basically saying let's stay inside this Labor Day, see how things go, make sure people aren't uh, you know, out and about, and then we see these massive outbreaks again. Um, let's see how things go. And then as we move forward, they will move on. Now, case in point, next weekend, you have I Am Woman and the Broken Hearts Gallery. You do not have a, uh, a film that would be a direct competition to Tenet. Now, um, as I mentioned, the Broken Hearts Gallery is one that they're actually going to open up and resume in-person press screenings for us. And we've been told it you know, was going to be very strict, no general public, press only, no guests, um, got to wear your mask, temperature check, the whole nine yards. But they also gave the reviewers the opportunity that if you did not want to come to the, the screening, and this will be our first in-person screening since March. I was at the last one before everything shut down the hunt. Uh, they'll they'll send you a screening link. Well, within a uh, day or two, we found out that the majority of press had said, no, nah, we're not going back to the theaters. Um, give us a screening link. And our uh, representatives going has said, no, I'll go to the theater. And they had such a light response to media members who were willing to go into the theaters to see it. They said, if you want to go ahead and bring a guest, you can provided they follow all of the, uh, you know, safety guidelines and expectations. So it goes to show you there's still a lot of people. We talked about how there were reports that they couldn't get people willing to go to the theaters to screen New Mutants when it was uh, floated up to them. And I'm looking at the, you know, the weeks ahead. The Secrets We Keep, Son of South, No Escape, Malibu Road. There, there's nothing here that really jumps out and is, hey, this is a big I have to go. You get to Wonder Woman 1984 in October, and, you know, again, that could shift. Even past that, as you go down the line, you don't see anything 
massive. You know, there's Candyman in October. Uh, you got Death on the Nile in October. Okay, that could work. And then, by my estimation, not until November, when we have Marvel's Black Widow, do we have anything that would start to approach the epic, we need to come back. And that also dovetails into what comes a few weeks later with James Bond 007 and No Time to Die, which released the new trailer. Um, you know, December, you've got Free Guy, you've got Dune possibly coming to America, West Side Story. But again, all of these could still be held and uh, done. And I think Tenant is the big tentpole. They want to look at this thing and say, all right, you know, this is a movie that, by my understanding, they need to make about $200 million at the U.S. box office to make their investment back. I think they're realizing that's not going to happen because you're not going to have 50 to $60 million um, weekends. So the new strategy could be, well, let's see if we can keep this thing in theaters until these big guns come out in November, October, uh, even then, let's see if we can keep them in the theaters and we'll just simply make our money back. And as things hopefully start to improve around the country, more and more people will come in and we'll make it up on the back end. So could be a very interesting, um, interesting uh, situation unfolding. Now, moving forward, guys, we had Realms Deep this weekend, and that is the 3D Realms Independent Showcase. They already... Um, revealed a couple of games. Uh, there were several games, but the two that stood out to me, which were uh, Graven, which is a Hexen-inspired game, and Postal, even though they have Postal 4, no regrets in the works, they announced Postal Brain Damaged, uh, which was a game done in conjunction with another company. They refer to it as a glorious retro shooter acid trip featuring the Postal Dude. So, Justin, you take this part. What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's a, a funny idea. Um, you know, and obviously wasn't really expecting to hear a lot this weekend, but, you know, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And, uh, Michael, what do you take on this? Well, I, you know, it's funny that we're seeing a Hexen revi revival, a game that, for most part, was kind of, once again, this was in the glory days of the doom clones um which took more of a magic uh take on the formula i really liked hexen when it first came out but again that was back in the day when a lot of these uh, quote-unquote doom clones were actually pretty good i mean they were actually they kind of took the same formula they took even similar feels but then added a, a level of you know made it enough, different enough that it felt like a new experience um, so yeah, talk about a blast from the past from a, the Hexen perspective. Um, you know, again, I, I, I like seeing some of these uh, older, you know, s sort of franchises revivals. So I think it's always a, a you know, an interesting thing. Uh, the postal thing came as a surprise again because we've been talking about No Regrets a lot, and that's kind of been the focus. So to see uh, this come out from a from an, another studio, uh, again w along with the Postal Four release pretty interesting to see that you know and it's good that we're starting to see that particular franchise get a little bit more visibility and get some footing underneath it as well so again anytime we get to see some new game footage i know a lot of us have been really focused on new consoles and some of the big triple a titles that are coming out 
but it's good to see some of these other studios that are are still working on things and still willing to surprise us with some uh, with some up and coming features that we weren't expecting. Um, so yeah, refreshing. Uh, you know, I'll hold off any judgment until we actually get to play some of the games. Uh, but again, I again I like seeing some of these uh, older licenses get re- resurfaced and and get even if it's just a uh, plain homage to it. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because that dovetails into our um, final point this weekend is that we have uh, PAX Online coming up, and I have already started seeing a lot of uh, invites come in, but they have all been from indie developers right now. They're offering like early looks at games. They are offering um, some Discord chats and stuff and interviews and that sort of thing. And so we're kind of waiting to see where the week ahead goes, but we're kind of at the point where we're not really sure if we're going to be seeing any of the big boys uh, stepping up and taking part in the previews and meetings uh, as we would traditionally see uh, if we had been at the show. And, you know, traditionally it's over Labor Day weekend, so we'd be up in Seattle going out and about right now with it. And, um, you know, Obviously, we talked about Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, and usually you see Bethesda there, that sort of thing. So we're not really expecting much from them. They seem to be uh, all doing their own thing right now. But we did uh, get news that Gearbox is going to be doing a presentation, and they've already talked about um, showing off the upcoming uh, expansion for Borderlands 3, and, uh, you know, I, I'm curious if Rebellion is going to pop up because they, out of the blue, announced uh, that there will, will indeed be a Season 2 and Season 3 for Zombie Army 4 Dead War, which will include new content. Um, it would be fantastic if uh, Valve popped up and talked about this new uh, fan-made but yet Valve-sponsored uh, expansion coming for Left 4 Dead 2 or a new chapter. And so, uh, Michael, why don't you start? What are you, what are you expecting? Well, you know, we've talked about it, PAX, and they do, they do have a big focus on indie games. I mean, they have their indie showcase where they kind of show off some of their, the, the highlights of the indie scene and the indie games that are coming out. Um, and again, those are there's there's a mix of indies titles that are anywhere from AAA esque to lower budget one man or slash woman. Um, developed games, so it's always interesting to see what kinds of um, what we see from an indie scene. Again, indie games aren't for everybody, but it does tend. There are situations where the indie games can lead in some of the um, design aspects um, and can actually lead to AAA games adopting a lot of their this kind of franchise type stuff that they're working on. So I, you know, it's always good to kind of get a get a, you know highlight some of those games, get some eyes on it and really get somebody to focus on those things uh, of course gearbox you know we're all we're all excited about the new borderlands uh three a dlc that's coming out um, again there's always it's always good to see more borderlands types games um you know valve and blizzard tend to be tend to show off stuff at pax so it would be good to get some updates from them as far as stuff that they're working on uh, or stuff that potentially is being released i don't know that we're going to see a lot of triple a announcements doesn't seem like PAX is necessarily the place that's going to be doing that. Um, we probably will see some, some feet, you know, some up, you know, trailers of stuff we've already seen. Maybe some updates on some stuff. But generally speaking, I think it's going to be fairly 
um, low-key and a lot more indie-focused than probably PAX has been in the past. And uh, Justin, your take, please. I completely agree. You know, I think PAX has always sort of been more more indie-focused, especially as time has gone on. Um, you know, usually uh, you get some kind of sort of mid uh kind of announcement you know something like tribes ascend i always go to that example from the year i went to pa- uh one of the couple years i went to pax east you know uh tribes ascend was you not exactly like a triple a title but you know it wasn't exactly an indie title either it was kind of in the middle um and that was like one of the biggest most exciting announcements it was uh, actually announced there at pax and that i was there uh, so sometimes you get kind of that, like the middle between an indie title and a AAA title. And, you know, usually uh, I, I'm, I can't really remember if there are actually any examples of like an, a, a AAA title being announced at PAX. But, you know, typically you'll see uh, companies showing off already announced AAA titles at PAX. Uh, but given that, you know, everything that's going on, um, I, I find it, uh, I'm just a little skeptical that, we're going to see a lot of like, you know, big titles announced there or shown there this year. Uh, I think it's probably going to be very indie focused because it's always been a little bit more on the indie side, especially as time has gone on um, and been more of a platform for them. And, you know, given that I think all the, the uh, producers and the companies and the developers are all kind of struggling right now, uh, you know, uh, with their plans and their marketing plans have kind of been thrown up in the air, um, you know, and all their their schedules are thrown off quite a bit because of what's going on in the world. Um, I just think a lot of them are kind of retreating back to um, making their own announcements at their own kind of events rather than using these other uh, uh, events that they usually do um, as platforms for, for announcements. Uh, typically, like, PAX has kind of been, like, the, um, the place that some companies use um you know if if they see it as an opportunity that oh hey uh gamescom just happened e3 happened you know several months ago and maybe their project is uh a little bit you know uh further off than stuff that that they can show off at e3 or gamescom and they can use pax as an opportunity uh i just don't really see that happening uh this year um i think it's probably going to be very indie focused uh just because all these other events that we've watched, they've kind of been a little bit under what we expected. And that, that kind of just goes with what's going on in the world. That just makes sense now. So uh, that's my guess. Uh, my guess is it's pretty much all going to be indie titles. We might get some sort of surprise from somebody, but it's really, if we do get any surprises, it's probably only going to be from like one developer. Yeah, I think you definitely have a, a lot of valid points there. I, what I find interesting is that the panel schedule's up, and it's a lot of discussion. We mentioned the Gearbox one, but you don't see Sony's panel, Bethesda's panel, so on and so forth. So I don't see something similar to what we had at Gamescom where they came out and they had a big uh, set of trailers and reveals, and then they had specific panels that were deep dives as well as some other reveals down the line. It basically seems to be, hey, this is going to be the, um, you know, the gaming stuff. This is going to be the tournament stuff. This is going to be our panel discussions, and here you go. And I don't, you know, we've talked over and over about how traditionally 
PACS is not where reveals are made. That being said, obviously there are reveals. And when I mean reveals, I mean AAA reveals. There's obviously people don't come and spend that time and money without having something to show. But it's also been a case of there have been many years where I've seen a lot of the stuff at E3. And then you see it at PAX and you say, okay, um, you know, half the stuff I've already seen before, but this is good because this gives me a chance to see it more. There are some years you say, okay, um, there you go. And it gives you chances to discover other things. But then you also get years where things fly under the radar. Like last year, we get in there, we went straight to the Sony booth and boom, massive display for Predator Hunting Ground. We got to go in there, play, take some video, went over Iron Man VR, they had a couple of other games right there. And these were things that were not, uh, as we, you know, Michael would, would say, these were, if they were at E3, we don't know. And if they were, they were likely closed door or uh, things. I mean, Iron Man VR possibly, but Predator Hunting Grounds, that sort of thing. And so you do get things. There are, you know, things that might not be, um, what do you call it? might not be announced ahead of time. I mean, we went in there, they had the Sony stuff, they had Borderlands 3, and then of course, you know, you were going around from that going, okay, what did I not see at E3? What is a new build that I could see? But then you start finding all this additional stuff along the way. So uh, it'll be interesting. I, I think I'm kind of in the mindset that if we don't get announcements this week, I think everybody's basically gonna hold back until maybe the tokyo game show uh and then at that point i mean we're all everybody you know has got a speculation as to when the playstation 5 and the xbox um one x are going to be formally put up for um uh, pre-order that sort of thing i've heard one person say that it's imminent it's going to be happening any moment but you know you've been hearing that for months now so it's like believe it when we see it uh, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see what they have. So hopefully that'll be really good. Final thing I wanted to mention to everybody is that The Boys is available on Amazon Prime. The first uh, few episodes are out, more coming. I was fortunate because we did the cast interview. I got to see a few ahead of uh, release, and then I got to see the rest of the season last week. And it, in my opinion, is uh, exceeds season one. So a lot of high praise there. Do check it out. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. Hope you have a very safe and happy Labor Day, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Until then, take care.